And he kind of shook me and was like, what are you doing? You're tweeting about Web3, you're doing everything Web3. How are you not full-time yet? And I just was like, you know what? You're right. I think it's time. Hey friend, it's David Nabinski here in Brooklyn. Here at the Portfolio Career Podcast, we help you take ownership of your portfolio career and design the life that you want to live. Today's conversation is with Annika Lewis. Uh, She recently left her job as a venture capitalist to work at Gitcoin, a decentralized autonomous organization, also known as a DAO. Uh, You may remember prior conversation with Kinjal Shaw, where we talked about DAOs. Um, So after you're done with this episode, you may want to check that out as well. Annika has written online on Twitter about uh, her her transition to Gitcoin. Uh, And so I really wanted to talk to her uh, about these insights and that she shared online. The Web3 and cryptocurrency industries are showcasing a lot of emerging future of work trends. Um, And Annika really shares some examples here. As always, this episode with timestamp notes is available on my website at PortfolioCareerPodcast.com. There, you can subscribe to my newsletter called One Email Away, which has the best insights from the podcast and friend-sourced job opportunities. So excited for you to build and grow your portfolio career. Here we go with Annika. Um, Annika, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Before we kind of get too started, I was curious, like in Discord right now, how many how many DAOs do you think that you are, are have access to? I guess this is maybe one way to start. Contributing oh, is different. Man. We'll talk about we'll talk <laughs> about contributing, but I'm curious as to how many how many you have access to. Yeah, this, that's a really good question. I was just having this conversation with a couple others, kind of sharing tips around how we manage our our Discord channels because there's so many. But um, probably the top line number is thirty odd, um, and I kind of structured them into three tiers. Again, this is a tip that someone else gave me, which is like the kind of one or two that I'm like pretty, pretty active in and check every day. Then there's like five or 10 that maybe I'll check once a week. And then another 15 or 20 that pretty much just get left behind that I I'm not active in whatsoever. So 30 overall, um, but only a couple where I'm very active. Okay. Uh, And when do you think that you joined uh, kind of the first one? And uh, how how do you think you kind of took the leap into joining uh, the first DAO? Good question. When did I join my first Discord? So funnily enough, I actually first used Discord uh, for something totally not crypto related. I had friends who would play Settlers of Catan during COVID uh, on Discord. And that was my first my first exposure to Discord. But my first actual joining of a Discord group in like a crypto or DAO context was probably in, I don't know, maybe April or May this year. Um, so sort of eight months ago, give or take. Um, and then over time, just as I got more and more immersed within the crypto ecosystem, started joining more reading more um, and engaging in, in more, more DAOs as I, as I tried to learn the space and figure out where I might want to engage. Cool. So I started joining more. And then do you think you've kind of reached a point of, of 30s, kind of the max? Oh, I mean, you know, I, I saw someone tweet this morning that they realized there was a max, like an actual cap that you could hit in Discord uh, systematically. I think the number was 100. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I think realistically, it's, it's hard for people to be actively involved in, in more than a few, you know, in, in a dedicated capacity. So I think, you know, this is kind of the, the challenge with this sort of idea of non-monogamous work is, is how thin can you actually stretch yourself? You know, how many different places can you be engaged and still actively contribute and really play a meaningful role? Um, and I think for some folks, they're realizing that maybe that number is, is lower than they initially thought. And, and tell us a little bit more about uh, your views on non-monogamous work. A little bit of a tongue twister there, but yeah, would love to hear just kind of 
what, what that means to you and, and what you think that opportunity set might be for, for people? Yeah, I think broadly speaking, this is just kind of a sort of a reaction to, you know, people's desires to take more ownership over their careers. Um, I think a lot of this kind of started in earnest with kind of the big freelancer movement in the last few years, you know, first enabled by, you know, platforms like Uber, perhaps, although that's kind of a different whole animal in and of itself, but then, you know, platforms like Upwork and Fiverr and people realizing that they could kind of take ownership of their hours, of their flexibility, uh, and really build a career for themselves that wasn't necessarily tied to one specific organization. So I think we've sort of embarked on this journey in, in the early days where technology platforms are enabling that. And then now with, with the concept of DAOs, decentralized organizations in crypto, um, this is almost taking that to a whole nother level. So, you know, not even necessarily having like dedicated employment contracts, um, having, having, you know, many, many engagements that someone's working on at once. Also engagements that folks can kind of, you know, drop into and spend a bit of time, see if they vibe with it and then drop out if it's not for them. Um, so I think overall, just work is becoming a lot more flexible and it's really interesting to start to see uh, how this is playing out both in web three and beyond. Yeah. And if you were to like, like that was, uh, and, and I think like the term kind of work is an interesting one, but like, that's kind of like when I started the show in 2018, I like, I moved to New York city and it was like, after I'd lived in San Francisco, when I was in San Francisco, it was like, what startup do you work at? And then I moved to New York and I met, I was like, became friends with people that had all different types of passions or contributions and kind of work, depending on how, how you kind of describe it. And I think that, that that's now it's really interesting to see, you know, to your points, like more and more kind of growth and also now like another new wave with, with DAOs and stuff. Um, how, how do you think that this, because it seems like it's just on kind of the cusp, how, how do you think it kind of what might play out over the next, you know, I hate to say that the 2022 predictions, but uh, yeah, just in the next year, how, how do you think things could uh, continue to play out? Yeah, as you suggested, I think it's very much the early days for all of this. You know, even when I when I tell my my family and friends here at home that I, I work with colleagues who are all over the world, and you know the the group that I work with most doesn't actually have a headquarters. People are blown away by that, let alone the concept of you know folks doing multiple jobs at once. So I think we're still very much in the early days of this. I think in 2022, we can expect to see more and more DAOs um, spinning up. I know we've already seen a big sort of DAO wave in 2021, but I think there's a lot of, of desire for more folks to get, get on that train. And I think also we'll see DAOs start to systematize a little bit better. So a lot of DAOs so far have you know been very much sort of organically spun up in Discord and don't necessarily have a lot of process and structure and onboarding. Some of that is by design, you know, wanting to have a little bit more flexibility in terms of the working environment. But some of that, I think, as DAOs scale um, can cause some chaos. So I think we'll start to see a lot more interesting kind of structures for DAOs, whereby it's a little bit clearer how to get involved, how to work cross DAO, and also tools for folks who are working in different DAOs, right, to manage their, their work um, and to, to collaborate and kind of bring everything together in one place because it can be a little bit scattershot. Yeah. All right. And so to kind of bring people up to speed a little bit, you were previously working in VC and then, you know, got a new role uh, at Gitcoin and talk to us a little bit about that process. I think it's uh, really interesting and unique of how you got the role and a role might be an, an interesting word, but just, yeah, I'd, I think uh, it'd be really interesting to hear kind of that process and that uh, journey, which I think is a little bit kind of non-traditional as of now. Definitely. 
So yeah, so as you mentioned, I was most recently working in venture capital at a fund where I focused on investments in analytics and data infrastructure. Sort of my whole career and my whole background is at the intersection of finance and analytics. So I spent a number of years working for a Fortune 500 bank. I've worked at a FinTech startup. Um, so always sort of in the financial realm. And for me, sort of my entry into Web3 and crypto really happened in earnest in early 2020 when I was already very concerned about the future of the US dollar just from a macroeconomic standpoint with all the quantitative easing going on. So I started looking at crypto really as an alternative asset class and just trying to understand it from an investor's perspective. And then really throughout the course of 2020 and 2021, I just found myself realizing that crypto is so much more than just a financial system. You know, it, it will be the underpinning for the future of the internet and seeing everything going on in, in Web3 and DAOs and DeFi Summer and NFTs and just starting to get glimmers of, of what's ahead. I just found myself spending week by week, more and more time in the crypto space, talking to crypto people and, and late nights kind of doing my own research and, and getting to know the world. So really, yeah, for me in 2021, started, as I mentioned earlier, kind of gradually getting involved in specific DAOs and sort of came to a point in the fall where I realized that, you know, crypto was was taking up kind of much of my passion and much of my time. And it made sense to to make a move full time and to move out of kind of the traditional venture world. So, yeah, I had been connected with Gitcoin for a long time at that point. Well, a long time in crypto standards. I, I joined the DAO in probably July. I was just really energized by all the conversations happening, in particular in their public goods funding work stream about the future of funding for early stage projects and public goods and where all of that is headed in a Web3 context. And so when I made the decision that I wanted to go sort of more full-time Web3, ended up chatting with their team about coming on board to lead their grants program, which is where I am now. Um, so that's kind of the, the story of the journey. Uh, it's, been, it's been really interesting to kind of have it happen on an iterative basis, whereby it wasn't kind of a, you know, quit your job and then start something new from, from scratch. It was really sort of over time, building those relationships, starting to engage, and then deciding I wanted to jump in and do it in a more dedicated capacity. And and so you were already kind of like contributing, I guess, is, is, is that, and to kind of describe that for people who've never been in a Discord, that's engaging with conversation, that's uh, suggesting ideas, that's potentially kind of building upon uh, the vision of the project. And that's, that's kind of what the work kind of is. Is that a good way to describe it? Or how, how else would you yeah. describe it? I think that's a fair characterization. I will say that it tends to look different um, across all sorts of different DAOs. You know, some have much more structured onboarding processes where you go through sort of a more rigid kind of set of steps in order to start engaging. Gitcoin at the time when I started engaging wasn't highly structured in that realm at that point, though we are a little bit more structured now. So really what it looked like for me tactically was uh, jumping into the Discord, kind of reading through some of the conversations that were happening. And then they had these calls, which are still ongoing uh, every week called public library calls, where there would be sort of a different topic around public goods funding that would be discussed. So I joined those calls, just started engaging in the discussion through that, then started making some suggestions of how we might you know, change those calls or structure them differently. Uh, and through that kind of got involved in the work stream. So again, it's it looks different for every DAO. It definitely tends to require a little bit of sort of self-initiative to go and, and do that and figure out ways to, to improve it and to engage given your skill set. Um, but that's kind of how it looked for me and was iterative over time. Cool. And then the, um, 
So you're already kind of engaging. And I know, I think that you've done a great job of articulating like in, in many cases or in some cases, it's okay to kind of like lurk in DAOs and, uh, you know, just like learning about, you know, the project and, you know, the vision and kind of seeing, you know, what the vibe's like. And um, so I think, you know, sometimes I've kind of been a little bit guilty of it where like you kind of join. And in in some cases, it's like you're used to operating a certain way and you think you need, you need to operate that kind of way in everything that you do. Um, but I think what's really cool is that you've been suggesting or that saying that's okay to like lurk in DAOs and that's a way to get exposure. And so you were, you know, contributing and lurking a little bit. And then how, how did take us to that moment where it was like, could you, are you interested in potentially doing more here? Like what, what, what did that DM look like? Or what did that, uh, like, yeah, t- talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, for me, that kind of been an ongoing conversation, um, you know, with some of the other folks in, in the work stream, um, you know, hey, do you have a capacity to, to engage more here, spend more hours kind of jumping in? And, you know, initially my answer was no, I have a full-time job, like don't, don't really have the time to, to do that at this point. Um, but that was always kind of part of the conversation as the doubt was growing and they needed more contributors. And I had kind of started stepping up a little bit in, in a small capacity. And then I sort of had this moment in the fall. It was actually when I met um, another crypto friend here in Vancouver for coffee one morning. And he kind of shook me and was like, what are you doing? You're tweeting about Web3. You're doing everything Web3. How are you not full-time yet? And I just was like, you know what? You're right. I think it's time that I actually decide that I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this and, and put my money where my mouth is effectively and, and spend, spend all of my time in Web3. And so at that point, I, you know, sort of went back to some, some of the conversations that I had previously had and said, hey, I'm, you know, I'm thinking about doing this in a more dedicated capacity. Let's talk about what that might look like. And I, as I said, you know, as you, as you alluded to earlier, you know, it, it isn't really interviews in Web3, right? It's, it's one-on-one conversations and getting to know one another. But a lot of kind of the interviewing in DAOs almost happens by virtue of the work that you're doing and where you just kind of step in. So it's, it's interesting. It's almost like, you get a try before you buy as the employee where you can kind of see how the employer works and how things go. And similarly, the employer also kind of gets a try before you buy um, in terms of just seeing what you're like to work with, um, you know, given kind of the structure of DAOs. So I just think it's a much more organic and intuitive way um, for employers and employees to connect. And, you know, there's certainly challenges associated with the model and there's a lot to be improved upon, but I think, I've seen so many friends um, and even myself have, have kind of jumped into full-time jobs in the past that maybe weren't the right fit. And it's so hard to know that before you join, if you don't have a chance to kind of try, which is part of what really excites me about DAOs and what they're enabling in the context of the future of work. Wow. Yes. Yeah, so that's, that's fascinating of like, it's to, to, to your point of like, you know, sometimes you have like one interview or two interviews and it's like, here's a job offer. Uh, here's your, uh, vesting schedule and, you know, you got to stay with us for four years and sorry, you can't, you know, there is no real kind of like renegotiation, so to speak. Um, but, but just like that importance of, or the significance of one or two interviews really can, you know, change a lot of, you know, your path while in the DAOs, you can lurk you can get involved, contribute and, I really like how you talk about kind of proof of work and proof of thought. And it seems like there's ways to kind of showcase both of those. And that is a little bit of like the interviewing process and, or, 
you know, uh, are part of that process of like, you're already showing your skills. Yeah. And I mean, I think in today's world that also happens beyond just DAOs, right? Like there's people who on Twitter, I feel like I know because I see their writing, I see their thought process. And that makes me think like, yeah, maybe I'd want to hire them or work with them just by virtue of what they're already putting out in public, even if I've never had a conversation with them. So I think just with kind of, yeah, you know, the creator economy, the ability for anyone to produce at any sort of scale um, and and kind of build their brand online, I think it's really changing, um, changing recruiting, changing how we make friends, even uh, how we socialize. It's, uh, yeah, to me, it's very exciting. Yeah, me too. Me too. And, and so would you say like your role is kind of, I know it's in, it's in grants, but is it kind of project management? Is it um, kind of incentive design? H- how would you kind of describe kind of like the actual, I know titles seem to be another kind of fluid part of, of this, this world too. So I'd love to kind of unpack it a little bit um, for people. Yeah. Yeah. So my role at Gitcoin is to lead the grants program. And so the grants program at Gitcoin for anyone who isn't familiar is a quarterly program that we run whereby for a two-week period every three months, we connect funders and grantees, primarily in Web3, uh, focused on building digital public goods, largely open source software, but also a little bit beyond that. Um, and we run these grants rounds where we connect the fundies, uh, the funders and the fundies and, and effectively serve as kind of a two-sided marketplace in getting early stage projects funded. Um, so my role is, as I said, leading that program. So what that means very tactically during these grants rounds is a lot of execution operations focus. So making sure everything goes off without a hitch, coordinating different groups internally. And then what that means when we're not in those two week periods and kind of once the grants round is over, which is the case right now, is kind of flaring a little bit more and thinking about the longer term strategy for these rounds, where we want to take the program um, and how we how we do things overall in terms of this, this grants program. So the role itself is a combination of strategy and execution, which was very exciting to me because I feel like you don't always see a lot of roles that kind of have both facets. The other piece here that I think is interesting in the context of the future of work is that I actually co-crafted the job description with the Gitcoin team. You know, they kind of mentioned as we were talking about what me working with them in a more dedicated capacity would look like that they were looking for someone to coordinate and run this grants program. And so we started a shared Google Doc and they put in bullets of what they thought the role should entail. I put in bullets of what I thought it should entail. And we actually crafted the job description together, which was an incredibly cool experience and kind of led me to better understand their thought processes, let them understand things that were a priority to me, um, and so that was, that was something that's really awesome and that I'm seeing more and more of other people doing as well. That is one of the coolest things I've heard in a little while. That is amazing. Uh, so what was it like when you were like, okay, did you like stay in the document for a while? And then like, you know how, like sometimes you open up a, a Google doc and you're like, wow, there's like 10 people in this. What are they doing in this thing right now? Um, or whenever you see like your boss or coworker in it, you're like, Ooh, cool. Like there's, there's like this cool kind of like magic. You're like, oh, they're looking at this too. So am I. I wonder what they're thinking about. Uh, uh, what was that like when you were like, you put some comments in, they're in, they're in the document as well. And then <laughs> they made some comments. Was it, was it like real time like that? No, in this case, it was mostly done pretty asynchronously. I think we were just on different schedules. And so we kind of looked at it separately, but you know, they sort of started with a template of kind of their initial thoughts in the role. And then, yeah, I added a number of comments, a bunch of edits, um, and just kind of yeah, we, we kind of iteratively built it up uh, together to a point where we, we agreed that it was, it was a good fit. 
Cool. All right. It's awesome to hear that there's uh, that that's happening too. It's, it just seems like more and more of this transparency kind of trial, you know, testing, co-creating kind of behaviors that are, are really interesting that's happening in this space. Yeah, definitely. And that's, that's the thing. That's part of what excites me a lot about this space is there's no hesitation to experiment and try things, right? And we'll try things and some things will fail and we'll never do them again. Um, but at least there's kind of this culture of, of experimentation, of open-mindedness, of willingness to just like really start from first principles and, and try like even, you know, what would be in most organizations, like very rigid people stuff um, that, that, you know, might be, might be a little bit more out there. Um, but yeah, there's, there's still a lot to learn and a lot to do, but I'm, I'm encouraged so far by the willingness to experiment and by the transparency. Cool. Anything about, uh, you know, sometimes like VCs kind of a glamorized type of role. Uh, there's only so many limited, there's only so many spots uh, at the companies. Um, and there's a lot of uh, potential benefits of the role. Was there anything else that you were like, uh, was it mostly because of the way Web3 was going or, or, or what do you think was uh, something about VC that the roles that either uh, you really liked or didn't like as much compared to what, you know, maybe most people think? Are you, are you talking about in terms of VC, like roles within a VC versus yeah. going to like an operating role in Web3? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, look, I, I love working as a VC. I think, you know, it's, it's a very cool role that I definitely recommend that, that anyone who's interested in trying to try at some point. And it's, it gives you a very, very bird's eye view on, on kind of companies and the ecosystem and, and what trends are ahead. And so I think it's, it's great for kind of building a particular type of muscle for me. I'd been on the investing side for a few years and I was just ready to get my hands dirty again and to be back operating, building with people in more of a tight-knit sort of fast-paced environment um, as opposed to kind of, you know, more so kind of pontificating and deal structuring and all that. It's just a little bit of a different muscle. And frankly, I had a lot of questions about the future of venture and where it's headed in a Web3 context. If you follow kind of what's going on in terms of Web3 with tokenization and how venture rounds are happening these days, like venture is changing very, very quickly. Uh, and that eventually will extend to, to the rest of the Web2 world as well. And so, I had a lot of questions about the future of funding and what venture looks like and, and what, you know, frankly, how early stage projects are funded, which is part of what also excited me about the work that Gitcoin is doing, because I still kind of get to play that, that, you know, that role of thinking about early stage and, and how to best fund it. But it's just a little bit different from the traditional VC structures that I was used to for the last few years, which frankly taught me a lot. Um, I learned a ton, but was ready to be back on the operating side is kind of the, the short answer. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. So if anybody wants to get involved in DAOs, what do you think would be a good way to get started? Or how, how do you get start getting access to discords? I guess that that's, yeah, how, how would you think about that these days? Yeah, I have a love-hate relationship with Twitter, but I tend to recommend that people get on crypto Twitter and just start uh, following different types of people, seeing what types of projects they're talking about. And usually, honestly, my foray into discords was seeing something on Twitter and then going and finding that project's Discord. So very often you'll see someone talk about a project, then you can find the project's handle and website and every project pretty much in Web3 that is a DAO structure will have a link to their Discord where you can just join right away and, and start poking around. So that's what I'd recommend. I think you know the crypto community is very, very Twitter heavy. So I find that is a good place to start if you're just looking to explore and read and you're curious and then yeah, find, find resources from there. But I think you know, as with anything, there's nothing like doing it. Um, so I would say definitely 
get into discords, find one that you vibe with and, and start to engage. There's, you know, not, not a lot to lose. Uh, if you, if you just go for it and, uh, you'll learn something and, and hopefully find some new people that you're excited to work with. Cool. I love it. Well, before people, uh, start joining some discords, is there anything else that you think that we missed in terms of kind of your kind of leap into this, uh, this leap into the space, the new role and, um, anything else you kind of see ahead? No, I would say just question everything, you know, question all of the traditional structures of how we think about jobs and work and, and yeah. And, and I think to me that, you know, sort of really starting from first principles in terms of thinking about what is even possible when we think about our careers um, and what we want to do and finding, you know, sort of our place in the passion economy as, as Lee Jin calls it, which I, I love that framing. So I would say, yeah, just uh, keep an open mind, uh, find your people and yeah, join discords. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. And, and so for people who want to continue to learn from you, it's Twitter and newsletter sometimes too. Yeah. Twitter is the best place to find me. I'm at Annika says on Twitter. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn though. I'm not as active there. So uh, Twitter is probably your best bet. Awesome. Thank you so much, Annika. Really appreciate your time. Thanks, David. Hey friend, thank you for tuning in to this special episode of Portfolio Career Podcast. Would love to hear what you learned and what you enjoyed. Um, you can find me on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, whatever is best for you. And as a reminder, I'm just one email away as well. This episode with timestamp notes is available on my website at PortfolioCareerPodcast.com. There you can subscribe to my newsletter called One Email Away, which includes the best insights from the podcast and friend-sourced opportunities. So excited for you to build and grow your portfolio career. Thank you so much. 